Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Joey Devine, musical guest Joey Devine, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock Podcast, and... Normally I'd say we are here, but it is only I, it is only I who am here, because Sean is currently climbing Mount Everest, and he's left me here all alone, and I don't know what to do without him. I really don't know what to do without him. I wish I was like one of these other guys who had another podcast. I mean, imagine what my life would be like. If I just imagine. Hey, I'm Randy Rock, former play-by-play announcer for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. You might know me as being on the run for my participation in the January 6th Capitol Riots. And when I lost my job as announcer, I thought, You know what the world needs? A new kind of sports network. One with no fear. And thus, the the Rocked Rocked On Sports Sports Podcast Podcast Network Network was was born. born. And you're listening to our flagship basketball show, Divine and Dufour. That's right. Two of the hosts of your favorite basketball podcasts that aren't No Dunks, Inc., Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective, The Low Post, Multiple Ringer Podcasts, The Rights to Ricky Sanchez, Air Buds, Fast Break Breakfast, Dunk Town, Dunk Dawn, Hollinger and Duncan, That COVID Podcast Nate Duncan Hosted, Real GM Radio, 
Thinking Basketball with Ben Taylor, the second arrangement podcast, or a basketball, are here with a second podcast where they don't have to work as hard. Dave Dufour is the brilliant mind behind The Athletics, Nerder She Wrote, and The Daily Ding, and Joey Devine is a failed stand-up comedian. So here, without further ado, is the first episode of Divine and Dufour. Divine and Dufour is only available on the Mint Mobile app marketplace. Not available on Android, Spotify, iPhone, Pono, or Tidal. Welcome to Divine and Dufour, the newest podcast from your favorite basketball podcast hosts, Presented by the Rocked On Sports Network. I'm Joey Devine. I'm here with Dave Dufour, my co-host. Dave, co-host. Dave, how are you? Um, I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited about the raising the level of discourse through this podcast yeah, and uh, educating people mm-hmm. over the audio medium uh, for, for all their basketball tests that they have coming well, up. I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, it's also very important to... Uh, Remind our uh, listeners that Divine and Dufour is only available on the Hear This app, which is also only available on the Mint Mobile app store. So all you Mint Mobile cell phone users out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Dave, it's the playoffs. Uh, it is the playoffs. In, we're in the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals because they happen at the same time. Who knew? Uh, let's talk. Which which series you want to talk first, Dave? You're the expert. Um, I I mean, let's start with the the game from last night. Let's start with Warriors Mavs because I think already this the narrative of this series has been flipped on its head. It, it's true. Uh, before we talk about that, though, uh, we've got to do. A little ad break. Hey, it's Randy Rock here again. If you enjoy Divine and Do Four, you might enjoy some of our other podcasts like Rocked on NFL, the only daily NFL show hosted by a five year old. The host might be tiny. But the takes are large. What do you want? You have to find for the right to buy and the NFL. If you think Skip and Shannon and Stephen A and Nick Wright's takes are hot, well, let me tell you, that's just child's play. <laughs> Coaches have. Zero contact with the families during the season to ensure the tragic and After hearing these takes, you're the one's gonna need a nap. That's Rocked On NFL with your host, five-year-old Karsten Cole. I think the Washington football team name isn't wasted enough. Download it today. Rocked on NFL is only available on Samsung smart refrigerators. All right, Dave. Warriors Mavs. First things first. Uh, what 
what were your expectations going into the series as a man who watches so much basketball <laughs> that they pay him to talk about basketball? Uh, well, I, I will say this. I mean, the, the Warriors have been a team that I think we could call inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They yeah. tend to play around a little bit too much with the basketball. Turnovers can be an issue. Mm-hmm. The offense has the offense has had odd inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. I think the defense has mostly been really good. What we saw in game one was some of the best defense we've seen from any team in the playoffs so far, to to my mind. And that's because they really did neutralize exactly what Dallas wanted to do. And a little bit of shooting luck went a long way for them, and, and they capitalized on it. Well, my question for you, well, I guess the shooting, when you talk about shooting luck, you're talking about the fact that the Dallas Mavericks opened three-pointers in the first quarter? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, made like that, that. I made that step up. <laughs> I think it was actually 16 open three-pointers that they missed. Um, and, and so as far as like how the narrative is flipped after after game one, my expectations were Dallas was going to be able to get these looks and hit them. Mm-hmm. And their guys just didn't do it. The other, the, On the other end, though, for Dallas, I, I did think that they struggled defensively. Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock may have had their worst games of the playoffs mm-hmm. together in that, in that game. I mean, they were falling asleep off the ball, really weren't effective on the ball. And, and I just think that if those two guys can't defend for you, you're in trouble. Maxi Kleba getting into foul trouble early changed the way but that I he also defended. Thought he was in foul trouble, and also even before the foul trouble, and definitely after. I still did. I th- any of the Mavericks really look great? Well, Luca looked very cool with the scar running down his face from Andrew Wiggins' uh, fingernail. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but but to. For me, it was like the energy just wasn't there in the same way it was for them in game six and game seven Mm -hmm. of the series against the Suns. I just don't think the intensity was there. This is one of the toughest teams left out of the final four. It might be the toughest for real. It's them or Boston. I don't know. Man, these are all tough teams, so it's really hard for me to split hairs here. Yeah, and so are the Warriors, surprisingly. Uh, um, But the Mavs have been one of the toughest teams in the league all year. It's actually Mm -hmm. their hallmark to a certain degree. I think it's part of why they beat Phoenix and they just didn't look like they had any force. They, they weren't playing with much force. They weren't touching guys enough in, in all, away from the ball. And I just didn't think that they had it. And, and Maxi, if Maxi's not going to have it, it takes away their five out option. All of a sudden things are a little bit, you know, tighter in the lane. They can't get into the lane. The warriors did a great job mixing up coverages keeping those guys out of the paint. And then Jalen Brunson won't take a, a three off the dribble. So what yeah, are you going to do? They guarded him like he was Giannis. They um, guarded him like Draymond. Yeah. I mean, Kavon Looney almost had a foot in the paint when yeah. he got switched on him. And Jalen Brunson reset and just dribbled into the paint. So what do you – you were a coach. What do you do if you're Jason Kidd in game I two? I mean, you got you to tell Brunson to shoot, and you got to tell these guys to make shots. It's a different game if they hit – you know, if they hit a few more threes in the first quarter, things don't maybe get away from them the way that they they were did in this game. I, I don't know, man. I mean, if they're not going to make shots, they're not going to win. I mean, I know. Here's what this I is, would. This is the astute analysis the I'm paid to do here, Joey. <laughs> here's what I would tell the Mavericks if I was Jason Kidd. Uh, first off, I would. I don't want to be Jason Kidd. I want to make that very clear. But. Um, 
I would say, guys, it's Andrew Wiggins. Don't worry about it. He's not going to have this game four times in a row. Disagree. I think I think playoff Wiggins is proving to be a guy and he's a he's a, the guy on both ends. You know, this is one of the side benefits of Clay Thompson coming back. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins now can let the game come to him in a way that he wasn't able to previously. And I think that what we've seen in the playoffs out of him on both ends, mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was giving him the business on offense, yeah, yeah. shooting what came to him. That's and then on defense, was- he was great. I meant is on offense. Like, yeah, because <clears throat> look, I now am sort of a Wiggins believer when it comes to defense and rebounding, uh, shockingly, but on offense, uh, as the series, as some of those series went on Wiggins, uh, his shooting got a lot tighter. Like I remember, I think it's game five versus Dallas. He missed a wide open three, that went so far to the left, you could tell he was really thinking about it. And here's the other thing I'd say if I was... I'd be like, look, these are Jimmy Butler's playoffs. Everything he said has come true, except about Andrew Wiggins, the one person that everyone was like, well, yeah, obviously Andrew Wiggins is, like, weak-willed or whatever Jimmy <laughs> Butler said. But Ben Simmons... Jimmy Butler was right. Uh, the Sixers in general, Jimmy Butler was right. Carl Anthony Towns really crap in the bed in big moments. Jimmy Butler was right. The one guy left standing that Jimmy Butler. Uh, Wait, hold on. Ahead. Jimmy Butler said something about Wiggins. I thought yeah. I got the. I thought that they got along. I thought everything. I didn't know. This. Don't you remember that story about when he was trying to leave the Timberwolves. Yeah, and he played with the bench, but I, I didn't think that he had thrown Andrew Wiggins Wiggins was one of those players, and he was like, y'all are weak, y'all can't play. Uh, and everyone was like, well, of course, and like, because it's Andrew Wiggins, and he's like, everybody's whipping boy. Everyone was like, of course Jimmy Butler's right about Wiggins, but that's the one guy left standing, Dave. Well, I've been a Wiggins defender yeah. <laughs> this entire time, man. Listen, you, the guy being miscast is not his fault. And now he's in the role that he's, to me, built to play. I mean, the guy, I don't know what else he needs to do. He, he's been really good. Uh, the all-star thing yeah. is going to be funny, right, in a few years. But he's a near all-star level player right? to me. So, sure. um, yeah, I don't expect him to drop off, man. I, I Listen, Jimmy Butler can predict a lot of things. I, I just don't think he can get into Andrew Wiggins' head. Can anyone get into Andrew Wiggins' head? This is. The, do you see the smile on his face? Well, at the presser last night, I this mean, guy is on top of the world right now. If there's Joey. another vaccine mandate, maybe. Um, That's fair. Hey, listen, man. Again, I'm not going to hammer that guy. He came around. He got the shot. We're good. I, yeah, we're good. He did what Al Horford did not. Who Al Horford has now missed, been out for COVID protocols three times, right? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Al Horford and me are just uh, <laughs> COVID just attracted to us, I guess. No, but um, I think I don't even think Horford's had COVID. I think it's just because he won't get vaccinated. He's had close contact and then has had to miss literal playoff games. Well, and then he could. Yeah, he couldn't go to Toronto in March. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I give Wiggins credit for, for at least coming around on that. And by the way, not the only shot. That he's been hitting, right? Like, oh, I mean, he's been Dave. making shots, buddy. And, and you <laughs> talked about him getting a little tight. He had a shot in game one against Dallas where he would, man, he was like too open. Yeah. And it was a little flat, but it went in. 
And I think that that's a good sign for him because he is a player who can get too much into his head. And I thought that, again, letting the game come to him, taking the shots when they're there, and playing excellent defense and rebounding. Andrew Wiggins is not a guy. That's a guy that you, that's a known quantity to me. So what's the unknown quantity uh, for the Golden State Warriors? Is it Steve Kerr's insane uh, rotations? Is that the unknown quantity? Uh, I think Jordan Poole is is the unknown quantity, right? Like this is, this is, he had an excellent offensive game, Mm -hmm. but a Tyler hero esque defensive game. And maybe even worse because Tyler hero, at least in, in game one against Boston created some turnovers. Jordan Poole is awful. Yeah, that's that's an unknown. <laughs> can can Dallas take advantage of that? I think they can. Dory Finney-Smith was beating him off the dribble. I look as a Warrior fan. Uh, obviously, caveat: I'm the worst type of fan. Uh, a Warriors one. Sorry, Mint Mobile listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I. Don't worry as much about Jordan Poole on defense as long as he's like as he if he can create as much offense as he's giving up to be a net zero. I'm okay with it, mainly because like the Warriors are used to one uh, are used to guys the guy getting picked on like LeBron, LeBron James did this to them in the finals like three years in a row like. And it used to be Steph Curry, but it won't be Steph Curry now because Steph is weirdly strong and bad at three-point shooting now. I don't know why that happened, but... um. He's been in the gym with Gary Payton too much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just trying to get jacked. Um, I, I mean, my theory behind the Warriors this year is like, look, everybody talks about Game 6 Clay, right? And they have Game 6 Clay. And but they also have game one Jordan Poole because he plays really well in these game ones and then gets uh oh he's getting benched by game six yeah he's exactly. just <laughs> yeah yeah but exactly so uh, it's so you don't have to worry about game one or game six because those guys are gonna play really well it's the two through five that you really have to worry about games two through five <laughs> um so here's here's a question for you sure. What do the Warriors need to do to get Steph and Clay going early? Because those guys in the first half, I, I mean, they were just ineffective uh, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, for the greater offense, they, of course, did their job. But it, they're going to have to hit shots, the man. Last, if if but, the Warriors want to make the finals, they're going to have to hit shots. At some it's point. actually bad for them if Clay gets going early, though. Well, yes, because, because he's going to take every shot. Exactly. Um, so, honestly, what happened last night was perfect. Like... Clay can needs the start getting clay shots in the second or third quarter like um but if he hits too early he's going to take 16 um in a quarter and that's if he's not hitting that's bad for the offense but what Steph needs to do I actually texted you this last night is I actually thought he was a little too slavish to the offense um a little bit and needed to take a book, uh, a page out of Jordan Poole's book and just go early, like go to the hoop before that double comes. But he was like waiting to get into their sets too much. And then like just accepting the double team. 
and making his shots harder. Where if he just, I thought if he got into early offense more and just went to the hoop, he was fine. Um, I he, or he'd I, be fine. I think that the Warriors didn't do a good enough job of capitalizing on the soft double when Steph waited for it. Mm-hmm. And and then they did. They turned it yeah. around in the, in the second half. But the first half, it was almost like a feeling out period. And he would give the ball up to Draymond. Draymond would find someone on the wing. Like Wiggins was so great in the first half, right, because yeah. of this. He was benefiting. Jordan Poole, early offense, was benefiting from it. I think that that for, for Steph, that's kind of, I mean, as long as that works, keep doing it, but they need a Steph game. I I think the Warriors are going to need like a 40 point Steph game at some point in this series. And I just wonder if he has it in him with the way he's shooting. Um, I, I think he does. Um, because the crazy thing about how he's played all season, right. Is like, He's like a normal shooter now, which is weird. Um, but it's weirdly let him like he's still playing awesome, like as a passer and as a guy going to the hoop, like he's still playing at like a superstar level. He's missing free throws and still shooting like 60% true shooting, right? Um So, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Steph Curry it's this whole year has been weird it feels a little bit like when a guy goes to the home run derby and hits like 60 home runs in the sorry 25 home runs in a home run derby and then it fucks up his it feels a little bit like ever since Steph went like two for 30 or whatever he (laughs) shot trying to get 18 threes in a game his shot just has not been the same but I don't know We need to go to an ad break. Randy Rock here again. And if you like Divine and Dufour, you should check out another one of our basketball podcasts, Rocked on Knicks. Host Ian Cameron is the only journalist in New York City who wasn't unionized, so I got him for this podcast. How much does Ian love New York? He takes the subway home every night, and that's when he records his podcast. Here is an excerpt from the last episode of Rocked Rocked on on Knicks. Uh, Hey, welcome to Rocked on Knicks. I'm your host, Ian Cameron. uh, It's a pretty rough game tonight. Rocked on Knicks is only available on Ring Doorbells. Here's my question for you, though. Is like, this tends to happen to the Golden State Warriors, right? They always kind of win game one. Uh, And it's because their offense is so weird that teams have to get used to guarding it. Um... Are we, by game three, is Dallas just going to be stealing all of these split-cut passes? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because Jason Kidd, here's the thing, man. Jason Kidd is a better coach now 
than he was a couple years ago. Plain and simple. The yeah. vibes on that team are great. We've heard nothing out of the ordinary from this season. He has done such a great job in the playoffs of learning from his opponent. Jason Kidd might be a good coach. I don't know yet, right? Like, it's early. But he might actually be a good coach. I, I've argued that he's a smart coach. Like, he, the, the soda thing, whatever you think of it, mm-hmm. in the moment. You like the soda thing. I, I, I think in the <laughs> moment. I mean, listen, I don't like it from a, from a purist standpoint, but smart move. It's I mean, certainly the, some Chris Paul shit. Yeah, it definitely – this is a guy who is at least thinking, oh, crap, wh- how do I uh, – hit me. Well, hit except me. he Let shouldn't me spill have the soda. all those timeouts, you know what I yes. mean? Yes, like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> a smarter coach would have right? had a timeout there. <laughs> right, but but you can't say that he's not a guy who's willing to adapt or change depending on you know the circumstances. And, and so we've seen that already. We saw it in the in the series against Phoenix fully on display. And the story for the Mavericks is not going to be adjustments because I know they're going to adjust. The story is going to be, can they defend the Warriors' actions, mm-hmm. right? And then can their guys stick shots? That's it. Like, that is the story of the series. If they can, if they can defend the Warriors passively and they can make shots, then they could win this legitimately because they have Luka, and Luka is a difference maker. Yeah. If those things are happening, Luka elevates – I mean, just elevates his team to a to a very high level. But if they're not making shots, we see what we saw last night. And I thought the Warriors were great at mixing up coverages and giving them different looks and kind of confusing them a little bit. But everyone guarded Luka. Like the question coming into the series was, who's going to guard Luka? Well, for the Warriors, the answer is everybody. Every single time he got into the paint, he was swarmed. But the actual answer is... Uh... Andrew Wiggins it is Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney, like right. Looney coming mm-hmm. over from wherever he is. Uh, and then weirdly, what did you think about them putting Draymond? On? I, again, this is the Tony Allen treatment. If you're not going to shoot the three, Draymond gets to hang back as sort of this super helper. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he's just got the, I mean, the length for Brunson is a huge problem. So Okay, great. Jalen Brunson, dribble into your pet shot where we've got Kevon Looney, we've got Andrew Wiggins, and we've got Draymond Green coming to help. Yeah. Great. Uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty good move because Jalen Brunson won't take the dribble uh, the off the dribble three. Now, if he will adjust and start doing that, the Warriors will have to switch it up. Um, I also think an interesting wrinkle here and it actually kind of made me crazy is how the Warriors uh, played Luka trying to switch hunt, which was, and they did this a lot with LeBron um, and James Harden when they played the Rockets, but for some reason, last series, they literally lost a game because they refused to not give up the switch to John Morant every time and let him score 16 straight points on Jordan Poole. Um, but the action where they have, when they have either Steph or pool gets switched, but then they half hedge and then switch back. I don't know why. Look, I'm, I love complaining world. That's, I'm just complaining. Why didn't they do that last series when John Morant was switch hunting? But I think they just weren't as worried about Ja. They should have been. 
Sure. Um, yeah, he, but, he but well, the truth is, straight threes on him. But, I mean, uh, sixteen straight points on them in a fourth quarter. Yeah, but but also, I mean, the guys around him, um, as far as shooters go, uh, they yeah. weren't as deadly. Like Memphis is not a good shooting team. Dallas is. Yeah. So you actually Except like they're the shooting numbers a little bit more dangerous. Have. For those first couple of games, would have uh, should guard those shooters. Well, listen, man, I hate I hate soft switching. Like the NBA has gotten so soft. Like the switching thing is driving me crazy, man. I can't stand it. It's pretty lazy to me. That's regular season defense. Like Rajon Rondo really is the king of this, and it's just I, I hate to see the switches given up the way they are. Yeah. In general, in the NBA, I would love to see guys fighting through these screens and actually trying to guard their man a little bit. But yeah. you know, you can't ask them to play hard. <laughs> that that really is the truth of the matter is like you can't ask nba players to just play hard um so please just give up the switch and do whatever well you can if you're pat riley right he's the only guy because right? <laughs> um, pat riley will throw you in some kind of weird rock breaking gulag or whatever if not um you will have less than four percent body yeah fat. um before we get to that weird series uh Dave, who's the key in game two? Luka Doncic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, right. I mean I, listen, this is my favorite part about basketball analysis is that, like, you look at why did the Suns lose? Why did Chris Paul look so awful in game six or game seven? Well, he's short and he's old and he got beat to death. I mean, they, they just went at him relentlessly. They, they put him in every screening action. It, it Like, they wore him out, right? Mm-hmm. Basketball is so often just really, really simple. And I understand that the way the internet works, everybody's looking for all these reasons because they got to hit those word counts. If Luca is good and those other guys are good around him, they can win. So Luca is the key. I think he's got to get shots at the rim, man. Steph Curry defended his ass off against Luca uh, when he got caught on the switch. Had a, a, a great possession where I thought Steph was going to wind up with a jump ball or a steal. And, you know, Luca is just so big and so strong. He was able to throw a pass out, which even those plays are, are pretty impressive from Luca. But I, I think Luca has got to get shots at the basket. He needs to get to the free throw line. I mean, he, he shot eight last night, but this wasn't like Luca going to work, getting to the basket, getting and one, you know what I mean? It wasn't what Dallas really needs out of him. Cause if he's scoring at the basket, that defense is going to collapse even harder. But if the guys outside aren't hitting threes, none of it matters. So I, I think starts with Luca getting to the rim, and then the role players sticking the shots around him. I mean, it, basketball is is honestly a simple game. Well, the question I want to ask you now that that gave me an idea is uh, so Luca Doncic was walking around with a a really really crazy looking cut on his face from uh, Andrew Wiggins. What is the weirdest basketball injury you've ever had? Um, so <laughs> I played basketball outside most of the time, right? Like, I mean, I played in the gym, you know, when I was on a team or, you know, like we had practices or whatever. But from the time I was like six years old, I was playing on the playground. I, I was playing in a game. I was nine. I think the the next youngest person was maybe 25. Cool. That was in this game. Were they going easy on you? Hell no. No, no, no. These guys like this is the, these are the people that I learned to play basketball from. These are also the guys that I learned to shit talk from. Um, my first F bombs were dropped on this basketball court and 
I used to have to, I have very sensitive eyes to light. Uh, sunlight really kicks my ass. So I had to play in sunglasses. Vam- you're a living vampire? <laughs> yeah, with a nice tan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Wait, you played in sunglasses? Sunglasses. I had to. That is terrible. Come on. I had babe. to. I couldn't, I couldn't see. I mean, as it is right now, I mean, my, my beautiful blue eyes, they, the they're Matrix. a blessing and a curse. They're a blessing yeah. and a curse. <laughs> you know, everyone loves them, but I can't walk outside without sunglasses on. Um, basically I'm, uh, uh, I'm an X man. <laughs> so I'm playing in, in sunglasses and I took an elbow mm-hmm. directly into the bridge of my sunglasses. And I still have a scar between my eyebrows to this day. That's probably the weirdest this is the one. second basketball playing sunglass story we've had in two weeks because Sean on, on round ball rock. <laughs> Last week, before he went to Kathmandu, we told a story about him getting hit in the face uh, by a ball in the sunglasses, cut the bridge of his nose like that, mm-hmm. and blood running down the, his face at my parents' Fourth of July party. Um, <laughs> well, I just, uh, I, you know, I, I was, I don't know, I was a kid. I didn't care. I just yeah. kept on going, you know. Um, but that's probably the weirdest one. I actually have luckily not had a lot of basketball injuries. I had a bad ankle. Well, I was going to ask torn you, calf. while we're talking injuries, what's the weirdest uh, semi-professional wrestling injury you've ever had? <laughs> um, I actually have a crazy scar on my ring finger on my right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, one, we used to do our shows in a, a big music venue. that was like a bar mm-hmm. and we were, you know, ad living as we sometimes did. And we were in the crowd and my buddy hit me with a beer bottle and the glass broke mm-hmm. and sliced my finger. Now we, you know, we gimmicked the beer bottle so it would break, but not thinking, Oh, this is going to shatter into a billion pieces. Yeah. Because we were idiots. Yeah, Yeah, we were idiots. Um, And so, yeah, sliced my finger open to the bone um, in a bar. And then I just wrapped it with a bar towel and finished the show. Um, I also cracked my heel. Uh, I jumped from, you know, like the top turnbuckle to the outside. And it was an awkward angle. And I Mm -hmm. had to hit my feet to protect my guy and cracked my heel. But then I kept going. Um, and finished the match with thumbtacks stuck all over my body, unfortunately, because someone thought that would be funny. I mean, to throw thumbtacks in the ring. This is not my, that's not my style. Like, I, I'm not, you're, I'm you're more not interested in mankind. traditional. No, uh, <laughs> thumbtacks are not a good time to me. So, uh, I don't know. I have way more uh, wrestling injuries, obviously, than, than basketball injuries because mm-hmm. wrestling is, it's more like football, but uh, with cars, right? Like it's like running into traffic. I don't really understand that, but uh, <laughs> I can't really uh, expand on it because we need to go to an ad break. You know who it is. It's me, Randy Rock, and I'm here to tell you, if sports aren't your cup of tea, do we have the show for you? Investigative journalist Alex Davis has spent three years investigating the allegations against Hollywood mega producer Scott Rudin in our 12-part docu-series, The Monster. In Hollywood, 
producers don't get more successful than Scott Rudin. Having produced such award-winning movies as No Country for Old Men, Uncut Gems, Lady Bird, and Zoolander, he's one of only 16 people to have won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. But what was going on behind the scenes? He had created one of the most toxic work environments possible. I'm journalist Alex Davis, and I've spent the last three years of my life talking to former employees of Scott Rudin and how he created an environment full of bullying and even physical violence. In my 12-part series, The Monster, I've talked to hundreds of former employees that you'll hear from too about what made The Monster. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know if they give out awards for podcasts, but if they do, we're going to fucking win one. Uh, hi. Host Alex Davis here again. It has come to my attention that four years ago, when I was a managing editor at NPR, I created a toxic work environment for many of my underlings. The allegations are true. I did once dunk an intern's head in a toilet while screaming, Get me the tiny desk for the tiny desk concert! Uh, and for that reason, I am canceling the monster. I'm going to take some time to think and to listen, and then I'm going to try and figure out who I can help and how, if they want that help. I'm not done working, but I don't think anyone needs me taking up space right now. I'm sorry to everyone I disappointed. And I'm sorry to cancel the monster. I hope nobody self-cancels our upcoming show, Rocked on Bean Dad. The monster was going to be available only on those one-wheeled remote control skateboards. All I was thinking about during that ad break, Dave, is that, uh, you know that crash test dummies? Thumbtacks all over his body. <laughs> um, alright, um... I, you didn't ask me who I thought my key to the next, well, I, uh, the Warriors, uh, Mavericks series is I, Well, who is the key Guy to Fury, this series? Dude. Look, because here's the thing. The fact that we saw zero Joe Lacob last night in the crowd and 100% Guy Fieri in the crowd... Thumbs up because Guy Fieri, he's a saint. And he's the what? best. When they go to Dallas, stupid, hateable face. The what? This is how you keep. This is how you keep people liking you. You show Guy Fieri. You show E Forty. You show Santana. You show Too Short performing at halftime. Don't please don't show Too Short performing at halftime. <laughs> don't ever burn the tape. It was awful, Joe. Listen, it was awful. Don't you don't you dare say that. It was Dave. so bad. It doesn't and matter. I don't know. Here's the thing, man. I, I don't know if it was bad because of the arena. He was too like it was lit. Like it, he was just like spot lit the entire time and matter. it just wasn't He's a good. Saint, man. Yes, yeah. Like he should be that's... sitting front row. Please yeah. don't have him perform like that again. <laughs> well, no, just don't show that on TV. He can Yeah, perform. don't don't just... it was look. bad. No, it's good. It's good, though. Like, from a vibe standpoint, too short. Like, Dallas cannot tap too short doing blow the whistle at halftime. I agree. Because who does Dallas even have? I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. Like, Dallas famous Dallasons. Yeah. What, is Um, Troy Aikman going to show up? Lee Harvey Oswald. 
Um, I mean, Ted Cruz's dad could show up. No, because oh, yeah, that that is Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Um, <laughs> all right, Dallas musicians. Here we go. Demi I have no Lovato, idea. Stevie Ray Vaughan dead. Uh, Vanilla Ice. Meatloaf, dead. St. Vincent, people like her. Oh, the chicks. They could have the chicks. Who is that? That's the Dixie Chicks, but now they're the chicks. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I don't know Um, uh, most of the people you just said. I mean, I know Stevie Ray Vaughan and Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, and Meatloaf. Uh, (laughs) Well, I only know the dead guys. (laughs) The Polyphonic Spree. Are you familiar with the Polyphonic Sprees? No. Well... They're like, I don't. I, I I can name one Taylor Swift song if that puts you in in any sort right. of uh, mint mobile listeners out there listening on the mint, on the uh, heard it app on, from the Mint Mobile store, the only place you can listen to Divine and Dufour. Please tweet at Dave Dufour and explain to him the polyphonic spree because I cannot. Lisa Loeb, Usher. Oh, okay, okay. See now, Usher Kevin is Campbell. Usher. Now, Te- all right, Tevin is the guy that they need. If you but need good vibes, Tevin Campbell is the best. Though, you know, uh, we're gonna have to fight over this because uh, Tevin Campbell's my guy, man. I love look Tevin Campbell. The first single I ever bought with my own money was a Tevin Campbell. Uh, Which one? I'm ready, or was it? Can we talk? I think it was probably Can We Talk. Yeah, um, that whole album is good, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of couple songs written by Prince. Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> Prince is great. Uh, but come on, blow the whistle. I, I listen, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing that blow the whistle and too short. That's not superior. I mean, but look, you you're know. talking to a man who is so East Bay. I'm not that East Bay, but it's in my blood, right? My brother was so East Bay every Sunday, him and his best friends Used to go to Mac Dre's grave and smoke a blunt. Um, I only ordered shoes from East Bay, so I, well, that's you know, not. I'm just telling you. Uh, I once saw Richmond, Virginia, not Richmond, California. <laughs> I once saw Too Short and Rappin' Forte at, go into a grocery out, outlet, and the security guard at grocery outlet called Too Short Todd. He was like, what's up, Todd? Like, they knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> anyway. My, my local guys were Guar. You know, like, those, hey, that's pretty good. those were my dudes, you know? Yeah. Uh, Guar, hard to, hard to recognize without all, you know, all yeah. the fake blood. I'm yeah. like, but look. <sighs> in Dallas. I don't know, man. May- maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Who is this stuff for? Did you like how tan Dirk was, by the way? I didn't see Dirk. They, oh, they showed Dirk. Dirk was sitting courtside. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, he looked too tan for Dirk. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Good I for mean, him. Great. That's good a good life. For yeah, sure. that's a good life. But a little worried about his skin. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though this episode's going up Friday, um, we're recording it Thursday before game two of Heat Celtics. Dave, what do you expect is going to happen in game two of the Heat versus the Celtics? Is Mark, is Marcus Smart coming back? Well, Al Horford is. No, I that heard news just not. broke. That, just, that news just broke. Wow. While we're, while we're live, the news just Maybe broke. Maybe got vaccinated. That, 
Well, see, here's the question. Seems like a short turnaround from a mm-hmm. positive. Uh, well, we don't know. It's close if it's contact, positive, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So it must not be a, a COVID case with with this short of a turnaround. So, mm-hmm. but he he is available to play and is going to play. Um, Marcus Smart, I haven't seen any update on. Uh, this is a big deal. Like they were, they Rob Williams was great mm-hmm. in game one. They were missing Horford. Cramps though. Yeah, but they were missing Horford because they weren't able. Like they needed to be able to stagger those guys a little bit to help with the rim protection. Well, also he was getting cramps because uh, they don't quite run that Pat Riley style uh, conditioning, right? <laughs> yes, yes. If only if, if Ime they Odoka were in the had a, a, Miami a body shape. shaming <laughs> Rob Williams all year, uh, he wouldn't be getting cramps in the playoffs. Yeah, but so but they need Horford's this is going to sound funny, man, but they need Horford's playmaking. Some of the stuff that he does from the elbow. Well, they also need him to guard Bam, right? They need him to guard Bam. <laughs> but but on offense, where where I think really Boston really struggled was they were down. You know, Marcus Smart is an important playmaker for them. And oddly enough, Al Horford as a release valve and guy who can make plays from the elbow, super important. I mean, they 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 need all their guys. And Jalen Brown's got to be better, man. Like he was just awful. So I think that if if Smart can play. Jalen's role changes a little bit and maybe he can be better. So yeah, they need Marcus Smart to play. Dave, I've got a question. So the name Jalen basically didn't exist before Jalen rose. And that now is, we have a billion yeah. Jalens. Is there and look, I like Jalen Rose. I think he's funny. Um I liked him as a player. The Fab Five were cool. But he wasn't even the he was the third best guy on the Fab Five. Like, is there, through history, is there a worse, like, level of celebrity having caused such a spike in names? I mean, if I'm Jawan Howard, uh-huh. I'm what frustrated like, Where's about all the Jawans? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> like, you know, I, I is it because Jalen actually just sounds like a name that would be a common name? Like, it's... And now it is right. Like, oh, Jalen. Yeah, that's kind of like Jason, or you know what I mean. Like, it it is a, a a new. It was a new name that just sounded like one that probably been around for a long time, and maybe that's why it caught on. Um, also, twenty five different spellings and uh, going to be hitting the NBA. And that's the uh, cool part. I love I guess. a name that with a billion different spellings. Well, you know, the English language loves to be tricky like that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Jawan here just absolutely got robbed mm-hmm. he was a better player now look chris yeah there are a lot of chris's yeah there were only one jawan yeah <laughs> one jawan <laughs> and he was also secretly the coolest one of those guys his post game man i i think about jawan howard in the post a lot which i know mm-hmm. is super weird but i love like he's just got great hands i i can't believe jawan howard isn't the guy that everyone's named after we should have 45 Jawans in the NBA Jaylen right Jalen had so many funny quotes, though, when he was playing. Like, I remember he was on that Raptors team that traded for Vince Carter, or that traded Vince Carter, and his quote was like, I've been a GM for fantasy basketball and on my PlayStation, and I gotta say, you should be getting more for Vince Carter than what we got. 
<laughs> I, let me ask you, do you think it's because Jalen had that whole big point guard thing? And we love that. It was almost like a Magic Johnson. Like if Magic had been on that Michigan team, I mean, would Jaylen, everyone be named Magic? Would we have a bunch of like, would it be like M-A-J-I-K, uh, Magic Green playing for the Houston Rockets? No, it's be, well, maybe, but it's because people like guards, dude. Big men are boring. Like Shaq couldn't sell shoes. That's why he sells them at Walmart. Yeah. Um. Well, also. That's actually not why I've heard check. I know that story. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, but big men don't sell, sell shoes. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. Nobody likes a big man. You know what I mean? That's like the reason Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the way he was. Um, that and the fact that, you know, he's right about everything all the time. He's one of the smartest men alive. Um, Dave, if you had to, speaking of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you had to pick a big man today in the NBA to start writing books about Sherlock Holmes, would you pick? Oh, man. Brooke Lopez, maybe. It's not bad. I think that be, he's a little too IP happy, I think, though, you know? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, he would definitely be like, and then Goofy was there. <laughs> yeah, it would be like. Detective and then, Goofy. And then Captain Picard shows up. And he's like, make it, make it so, Mycroft. Um, <laughs> you know what? How about Mo Bamba? Now, th- this is a guy. I, I mean, I've talked to him a couple times. Very you thoughtful to guy. Mo Bamba a couple of times. Yeah, or, you know, I get because I get around to stuff. I talked to him more before he was in the league. I think I've only talked to him once since he got drafted. But we just happen to run into each other at like, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Recruiting events and things okay. like that. You know, Recruiting I I saw both. I saw Mo play a lot before before he got to college, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Mo Bamba, thoughtful guy. Yeah, he could good. do that. Yeah. I want to. I want to hear PJ Tucker's take on Mycroft Holmes. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, well, of- listen, I, I, I want Pat Riley's take on Mycroft. I mean, uh, can he? Pat, was, how many books do you think Pat Riley has read in his life that weren't like The somehow- Godfather? Yeah, that other than the God, that weren't somehow about like manipulating human beings. I don't know, the man. Pat Riley is fair. I bet he's read um, what was the one from the seventies? Uh, the motorcycle maintenance one. Um, Zen and the art yeah, of Zen, motorcycle yeah, maintenance. I bet, I bet uh, Pat Riley read like eight chapters and was like, "This is bullshit," and then like literally. Yeah, I've never read that book, so I, no. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. I mean, that's a real Phil Jackson book. Who? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The Art of Tennis or, or whatever? What is that the book? Running one. There's the, the Running One. Yeah, right? there's <laughs> Born to Run. He definitely read that. <laughs> um, what, some Malcolm Gladwell book, probably. No, see, Steve Kerr. That's the Malcolm Gladwell reader. It, oh, like, yeah. We could do an entire episode about this, picking out famous NBA uh personalities and deciding what kind of book guy they are but let's be honest steve kerr is a malcolm gladwell ass uh, uh any of those lincoln project guys write a book yet or i don't even want yeah know. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right back to back to heat back to heat celtics what are the key what's the key for the celtics getting back in this thing dave um you gotta find a way to stop jimmy butler 
Oh, you think? And and, and I'm just not sure. <laughs> like, it's it's he amazing had, what, to like me. Forty one. What was the line? Was insane. It was nuts, man. Um, <laughs> let, let me pull this up because I, I actually don't have the stats in front of me. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Butler had forty one. Nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. Game high plus 25 in 41 minutes. That's insane. Yeah. What an insane game. Um, It's one, honestly, like 18 free throws. Did you see the stat? From a guard. That he's never had a 40-point game in the regular season for the Heat, but he's had five in the playoffs. I did not see that, but it's not shocking. (laughs) All right, man. He's a 16-game player. And, and the, like, this is literally the thing that Draymond was talking about because he paces himself during the regular season, mm-hmm. clearly. But for some reason, he can shoot in the playoffs. I, I do not understand it. When he's on, when he is on, he is on. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's off, he's way off. He just won't shoot. But when he's on, he's on. And I think 18 free throws, that's pretty on, man. 17 of 18 from the line. Yeah, that's a killer. Crazy. That third quarter, he outscored the Celtics, seventeen to fourteen. Um, before we continue, uh, we gotta do a little ad break here. Randy Rock here again, and are you tired of hearing non-basketball players talk about basketball? Well, might I recommend Rocked On, Old Man in the Three. That's right, I've illegally ripped clips from J.J. Reddick's podcast off of YouTube, and you can listen to them right here. Y'all don't know, they be like, wow, he dunked. I'd be like, you know, man, I'm gonna do this. Get the player's point of view on all types of issues. And not just the players, there's also another guy. Do you have any favorite uh, Kobe stories? And go ahead. Call the feds. They're already after me, and they haven't caught me yet. Uh, you, you bring up a great point, by the way. And for, for someone who's highly motivated, for someone who is disciplined, once you know and you have the right tools, you can do this a long time. You can do this a long time. Rocked on Old Man in the Three is available only through a QR code you can find on yankeecandle.com slash offers. All right, back to Jimmy Butler. So Jalen Brown's got to be better. Jimmy Butler's got to be worse. Um, Tyler Hero, question mark? Well... (sighs) Tyler Hero, I thought, was great for them in that first quarter when he came off the bench. Mm-hmm. Miami was a little bit flat offensively. Tyler Hero got things going. He had like seven points, three assists in the first quarter. They just weren't getting much going off the dribble until he came in, and he opened the floor up for them quite a bit. I thought he was good for the entire game. He's going to get targeted on the other end. But if Tyler Hero is going to get you 18 and eight rebounds – you're probably going to win those games, right? Like if he can go 18 and eight rebounds, I mean, that's crazy. Um, but if he's going to give you 18 a night and not get abused on defense, then 
I think that's this is a great series for Tyler Hero, and yeah, I think Boston's got to do a better job with Boston. Right? Is like supposed to abuse him. Like they could try and get Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on switches with him, right? But it's like, oh, Peyton Pritchard. Like, right? Does Boston have the offense for this? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, don't this, know. this is where you need Tatum and Brown to step up. I mean, Brown hit two threes late when the game was already decided. He was bad. And he was bad on both ends. I, I thought his defense wasn't wasn't very good either. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's going to be Tatum, and you hope that at, getting Horford back helps Tatum a lot. Yeah. But the biggest thing is going to be you got to stop Jimmy, and then you got to take advantage of Tyler Hero. Well, the most fun part about this is listeners already know how right or wrong we are because they've watched the game, <sighs> and this is going up on Friday. <laughs> Um, Dave, what was your prediction for this series? You know, I actually, listen, man, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I haven't made a single prediction. Oh, okay. What's your prediction now? All year long. (laughs) (laughs) All year long, I've managed to avoid predictions. I I talk around them. I'm like, you know, if this happens, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'll just say this, Joey, Uh if the Celtics can find a way to stop Jimmy Butler, and find a way to keep their offense moving. And I think getting Marcus Smart back and Al Horford is going to help. Losing two starters is bad, Joey. I think Boston can win this in six. But they already lost one game, right? Like, so now you got to grab the rope tighter and you got to, like, they need to win game two. I'll tell you. Oh, it's an easier matchup for sure in the finals for them. Because yeah, well, I don't know if Miami can score with, with Golden right, State. Right. That's the thing is, like, I feel like they're, it's a more even match where I think Boston. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is. I this do think it's Warrior a toss-up. Team to me feels like a like it's just been rock paper scissors matches. Where like I was fully confident that if the Warriors beat the Grizzlies and the Suns beat the Mavericks, the Warriors were gonna beat the shit out of the Suns. But if the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, the Suns would beat the shit out of the Grizzlies. You know what I mean? And like. The Mavericks are like when you call like dynamite or whatever in your rock, paper, scissors game. And well, it's impossible st- to Styles tell makes fights, right? Yeah. And, and I actually love that the NBA has gotten to this point where you have so many different styles happening and, and it's like there is no perfect team. Yeah. This is this is the ideal setup for me. Um, I like to see new people win. I like to see new wrinkles. I like to see new stuff. And it feels like we're getting a new episode of a TV show every game instead of predictable and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's harder to game the system when people are playing different games every game. So, you know, styles are going to make fights. And this is why I think so. these series are kind of unpredictable. Yeah. Miami has the ability to get hot. Well, and also the funny thing about Miami is their actual best player no one ever talks about is Bam. Bam out of Yeah, Yeah, we we haven't talked about Bam I disagree with that. Here. I disagree with that. I think Jimmy Butler is their best player. I think Bam is very good, but I think Jimmy Butler is like a, you know, that, that guy is like a top 15, top 10 level player. I think Bam is up there, but I don't think he's – he's not the same ceiling raiser Here's my question. As Jimmy Butler. Here's my question. He basically just like Al Horford. Definitely more athletic. It, right, which, but that's it, you just know, Horford's what I mean. athletic. Like, but like yeah, an upgrade. It's like this is sort of like a looper situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I mean, you're gonna need to get more 
I think you're going to need to get more offense out of Bam. And and Robert Williams won that matchup to me. Um, so yeah, you're gonna need you're gonna need more Bam. But Jimmy Butler is their best player. I, I like anybody who's saying it's Bam out of bio. I think you're wrong, Joey. I, I mean, in the regular season, at least, like who cares about the regular season? <laughs> Jimmy Butler doesn't. <laughs> um. All right, my prediction is hopefully Heat in six. Um. All right. I, I think. I think. I think we're going to get a seven-game series, man. Dave, question for you. Did you see, to get off the playoffs here a little bit, did you see who the new assistant GM of the Stockton Kings is? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean... On Jolly, Ronadive, the people made fun of this, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to make fun of this, but I love this. I look, I do hate nepotism. That's true. But you know what I also love? Uh, like clownish, weird stuff happening in a minor league setting. Like that's how you become a real sport, right? Is uh, by doing weird stuff in your minor leagues to make people pay attention. And the G League this... is too stayed, is what I'm saying. Like, make Kurt Russell on one of these teams. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Listen, I, one of my big hangups about the NBA is how serious it is, man. Like, the money guys came into the league, and it's that's all it is. It's yeah. only how do we maximize money? How do we maximize blah, blah, blah. All the fun like really has been sucked out of it because it's now a sport that feels like it's just targeting rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, please get weird. I, I actually think the NBA misses, well, maybe they don't miss it because they make so much money now, but I miss the mom and pop feeling of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I hope everyone does something weird like this with their G league team. Yeah. People, people take it too seriously. It's and this just man. proves how absolutely ridiculous the entire thing is. It's sports, man. This is funny. It's funny <laughs> as hell to just say, you know what? I don't think this shit's all that serious. Oh, all these people that have been doing basketball for 50 years, all these hedge fund guys. No, 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 no. My daughter, she had French Montana yeah. in a in a white t-shirt looking yeah. bored as hell <laughs> in a music video that had to cost, I don't know, $5 million to make out in the desert. <laughs> French Montana rolled out of the car that's in the video. Yeah. He was there for 20 minutes. Didn't know the words. Yep. Right? Somebody (laughs) hold up a cue card. Okay, cool. With showing his belly in a white t-shirt. Now here, though. Now I also don't know who French Montana. I only know this because you showed me this video the other day. Here's what I'll say, though, is the only problem here. Is I don't think Vivek understands this is a stunt. Because he just copies everything the Warriors do, right? And the Warriors gave their children the G League team, but uh, Joe Lacob's kid was gonna be a nepotistic uh, GM anyway. Like Kirk was already gonna work in basketball before his team even bought the team, but before his dad even bought the team. Although I do kind of want to see Kirk Lacob's pop song. 
<laughs> well, and and I actually, I mean, for what it's worth, those guys know basketball. They they have oh, yeah, yeah. like they That's actually kind they, of they the do point the work. I'm making is like yeah, where like Vivek, it feels like he's just doing what Joe Lacob did without the part where her his. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. Maybe, but I I'm, I don't know. We'll I, I see, see those I guess. guys. I see I see the the other guys in the gym. Yeah. Right. Like, and uh, hopefully we see her in the gym. I, I mean, have you ever seen listen, man, Dolly in the gym? Uh, no, but that doesn't mean she's not in gyms, right? Yeah. Like, I haven't been a, been a pandemic the last couple of years. I've been avoiding I mean, those speaking gyms. Speaking of Malcolm Gladwell, it was her basketball team that Malcolm Gladwell wrote about. God, we're getting old, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I wish her the best of luck, man. We we need new uh, and diverse. I just hope the voices in in the sport start playing four on five. Just like Vivian. that would rule just like man. her team. Um, just start cherry picking like LeBron did in yeah. those last <laughs> Lakers games he was in. Speaking of the Kings, it was the draft lottery this week, Dave. You and I don't follow college. How, how many? So you've seen Mo Bamba in gyms. Mm-hmm. How many of these guys have you seen in gyms? These man, I saw guys? I saw Paolo Ban- Bancaro, Banchero. Um, I saw him at USA camp like three or four years ago. And my assumption was by now we would have been 2021 would have been the high schooler draft. And I said, Paolo would have been my pick to be the first high school guy to get, to get drafted in that uh, scenario. Because I mean, he was a grown man four or five years ago from a body perspective, just clearly stood out against all the guys he was playing against. You ever um, seen Chattanooga Jim? Boo Radley, mother, that Boo Radley motherfucker. Never seen uh, Chet <laughs> live. No, I haven't. No. Um. Well, here's who won the draft. Uh, the lottery. It our picks in order from, uh, best team to worst team. Cavs got the 14th pick. The Hornets the 13th. The Thunder got the Clippers pick at 12. The Knicks, those poor bastard Knicks, stuck at 11. The Wizards at 10, the Spurs at 9. The Pelicans got that Laker pick to every Grizzly fan's dismay at number 8. The Trailblazers hilariously only got the 7th pick, so they traded CJ McCollum and only got one pick better than the team they traded him to. The Pacers got the 6, the Pistons got the 5. Your Sacramento Kings got the fourth pick. Moving up for the first time in the draft, I think, ever. Uh, Usually, I believe they move down. I might be wrong there. Uh, The Rockets, three. The Thunder, two. And the Orlando Magic. And, you know, I dig into the draft um, after these guys get drafted. Sure. Because they just don't matter to me as basketball players until I know where they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from what, from talking to people, uh, there are a lot of people that feel like this is a three player draft. So it's fitting that the Kings got the fourth pick. Yeah. Well, they're going to trade this pick, right? I have no idea. They, there's no way I bit look, my neighbors, they're going to trade that pick. Like why they traded for DeMontis Sabonis that they're going to trade that pick for like Jeremy Grant. Just be prepared. Oh, they want to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they the, the, their patience for building a, a a team from the ground up, mm-hmm. it waxes and wanes. Yeah. And so what, we're two years away from blowing this up? 
I mean, they just traded Tyrese Halliburton. Why would you also pretty draft sure they're going to with the fourth pick? Pretty sure they're going to draft Marvin Bagley again. That that's where <laughs> this is going. Um, I mean, we don't know anything about the draft, guys. All I know is I am praying Chet goes second, and here's why: in at summer league, I want to see Giddy, Poku, Chet, front court. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Dave? Don't you want to see those uh those weird long white dudes all running around? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, want to I have see, no I idea. Want, I Listen, want the weird body team. I want the thunder. That is the that weird is a body weird body team. team. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like it was Oklahoma City. They're going to be like all perimeter, all perimeter play because they're not going to be able to get inside. Um, I look, man, I'm excited for Orlando because I think Orlando is like they've got some guys. They just have had some awful injury luck, and you know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, like Dude, my big question is, can Chet play with Cole Anthony? I don't think Chet's going first, Doug. <laughs> um, but he might. Uh, and that was going to be my question for you: is like, Orlando, are they a serious team as long as Cole Anthony is starting there? <laughs> Have they been a serious team? Franz Wagner is a serious player, right? That's like his whole thing right is like he's like he tries really hard and is good at everything and not really great at anything right isn't that franz wagner's wagner's deal sort of uh, yeah is almost, um he's like andre kirilenko not that athletic <laughs> not well not as an athlete but just sort of a, a swiss army knife yeah, yeah sort of guy right yeah um i like cole anthony man i think he's a really good pick and roll uh, well, maybe not really good, but he's a decent pick and roll point guard. <laughs> yeah, probably. But and you I know, think he looks like he's wearing. This is a not wig. a good team. <laughs> I think he looks like he's wearing a wig when you see him playing basketball. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave, I think that's Chad Holmgren, Colton pick and roll is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Dave, I think that's the end of our episode. This has been. The first episode of Divine and Do 4, available only on the Heard It app through the Mint Mobile app store. Thank you, Ryan Reynolds. Also brought to you, of course, by the Rocked On Sports Network. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug, Dave? No. <laughs> Actually, listen to the Athletic NBA show. It's good. It's very good. That's my plug. Uh, listen to Round Ball Rock. <laughs> and um, while I'm here, actually... Uh, Sean, my co-host of Round Ball, uh, not not a co-host of Divine and Do Four, did ask me. Um, Sean, June eighth through the tenth is gonna be at the uh Punchline, Francisco, California, and Shang Wang. So go see Shang and Sean. Hopefully, he's back from. Catman do at that point and has not been detained at the base camp of Mount Everest. <laughs> um, that's been our episode. Thank you so
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 